Greetings, and welcome to Quirky Stories. Here you can find original storytelling, conscious music, delightful quixotic conversation, and a dash of contemplation. I'm Minerva, your host for this storytelling interlude, and today's story is called Shape Shifter. Mm, or should I say Face Shifter? Let's listen in. Stop, I call out. Stop running. You have to stop running. It's not going to help anything. The shadow form continued moving fast in front of me, far down the road. No moon, no stars, just a dark night on an old tree-lined road. No wind, only stillness, quiet, except for the crunch of our feet running and my voice calling in the air, stop! I'm telling you, there's nowhere else left to run. I can see her head begins to turn. She looks around, but she doesn't slow down. She just turns back, picking up her pace. I can help you, I promise. Just stop for a minute and listen. No one can help me, she calls out loudly. Yes, I can. I know what you're going through. I've been there too. Her pace begins to slow just a little. I gain a bit of distance on her. She slows even more, coasting for a while, and then gradually coming to a stop. I also slow my pace, covering most of the ground between us. As I get closer, I can see her shoulders heaving out of breath. She slowly turns around and I realize she's not just heaving, catching her breath. Is, is she weeping? But her eyes were dry, so are her cheeks. Her sound is a strange mixture of a laugh and a cry, like a wail. It made me tremble. But she stood in place, head bowed, Locks falling down the sides, shrouding her face. I slowly moved closer. Please, don't run anymore. It won't do any good. I don't know what else to do. I, I don't want to get caught. If I get caught, her voice trails off, but I can still hear faintly the edge of a scream. I watch her fist tighten. I'm here with you. You have helped me. No, no one is going to help me. I'm all alone. No, I am right here with you and I'm not going to leave ever. Yes, you will. They all leave. They never stay. That's because I'm not, stop. Don't say that. You are absolutely everything you 
or anyone else needs you to be. That's not true. Yes, it is. You've just been running for so long. How many years? How many lifetimes? You've never had a chance to see just how much you really are. Her head raises slightly, but not enough to see her face. Her body shudders. How do you know? Look at my face. Look into my eyes. Don't you recognize me? As she stepped a little closer, she slowly lifted her head, revealing large, dark, shining orbs piercing the night. Her face, or should I say faces, moved across the front of her head, one dissolving and becoming another, and then another, a moving picture screen. Each face was the same and yet different, but the eyes, the eyes, they never changed dark shining, deep as the sea on a moonless night. The faces were different ages, but they didn't move in chronological order. Instead, they jumped between different time periods, non-linear, mind-shattering. And no matter what, way in the it was a sea of tears and sadness, laced with rage and fear. A primordial essence, her fundamental darkness peering out through those dark orbs. I spoke gently. Come on, you know me. Look in my eyes. You'll see. My eyes started to feel. I opened my arms wide, wanting her to feel my opened heart. We were locked eye to eye. From my periphery, I could see her fists start to release. Her eyes losing a smidgen of that panicked gaze. She slowly crept in closer, taking each step tentatively. I won't hurt you. How could I? Come, I want to give you a hug. It's okay to come home. Is it safe? I'm afraid. You never have to worry about being safe again because I will always be with you. My tears slowly fell down my face. Please come home. Please stop running. Aren't you tired of running? Yes. I'm so tired, but no matter where I go, her face changes. 
into a toddler. No matter where I go, it's not safe. It's never safe, no matter what I do. She's now a middle-aged woman. And I've tried so many times, the young mother speaks. But it always winds up the same. The forced whisper of a teenage face. That's because you were alone. You aren't alone anymore. I'm with you now. You won't leave me? No, never. And you can be your real self. You don't have to act anymore. I can? I, I don't have to hide? Even when I'm afraid? No. I want you to show when you're afraid and mad and happy, all of it. Come, let me hold you. I don't remember what that feels like. As she speaks, she shakes her shoulders, crying. Her feet shuffle, ready. You don't have to do that anymore. You can stop running. It's safe. You're safe. The eight-year-old face turns back and looks me dead in the eye. You promise? Yes, I promise. And you must be real special because I don't generally make promises. Promises must never be broken. I promise you are safe. I spoke slowly with all the determination I could muster. I opened my arms and my heart in just the right shape. She walks in, and as she moves to lay her head on my shoulder, I see a tiny tear rolling down her cheek. I feel her weight slowly release into my embrace as she lays her head down. We stand heart to heart. I fold my arms around her body as she begins to weep. I can feel the shutters passing through wave after wave. Let it go, baby. Let it go. It's gonna be all right now. It's gonna be all right. As I look through my tears that are now rolling like waterfalls down my cheeks. I see the light of the moon just beginning to rise from behind the trees. It's light illuminating one lone watchful star. I sigh deeply. I am finally home.
Black girl, black girl, don't lie to me. Tell me where did you sleep last night? In the pines, in the pines where the sun never shine. I shivered the whole night through. Black girl, black girl, where will you go? I'm going where the cold wind blows. In the pines, in the pines where the sun never shines. I will shiver the whole night through. Black girl, black girl, don't lie to me. Tell me, where did you sleep last night? In the pines, in the pines, where the sun never shines. I shivered the whole night through. My daddy was... A railroad man killed a mile and a half from here. His head was found in a driver's wheel and his body ain't never been found. Black girl, black girl, where will you go? I'm going with a cold culture where things come from, what community originated the piece. So let's talk about Black Girl, this Black Girl song. You can find it as Black Girl. You can find it as My Girl. You can find it listed as In the Pines. People call it blues, folk, rock even. It's been performed by a lot of people. The Beatles, Eric Clapton, Grateful Dead, Rolling Stones, even Kurt Cobain. Big deal when um, he did it because in that live performance, uh, people felt like he was alluding to his own death. Uh, Yeah, really interesting. My favorite um, version of it is Fantastic Negrito. So sweet. Such an amazing artist. A lot of people think the song was written by Lead Belly. However... Lead Belly didn't write it, but he brought it to the wider world. The earliest written version is in the 1870s, 150 years ago, and the lyrics were only four lines. And in those lyrics, they mention a black girl, and they also mention her getting lynched. So this is an oral tradition song, folklore. And depending on 
the performer for when it's performed, you get a look at the community and culture that was present at the time. It reflects it, which means it changes from generation to generation. The piece will modify, but there's always elements that remain the same. So like in this song, there's often a girl, whether black or otherwise, a lynching or a death, and there's often a railroad. For example, in its earlier versions, it was a black girl. But as the song has moved to our contemporary times, you often hear it as my girl. Uh, my theory on that is because it's being performed by non-black performers. It would be a little awkward for the Beatles to sing black girl. Mm, you follow me? So isn't it interesting how the music mirrors our culture? Now, I gotta take some time and talk up Lead Belly because he's important and it's a great story. Lead Belly is known as the king of the 12 string guitar. And like I said before, he made the song famous in the early 1900s. It's his version that a lot of the contemporary groups use as their template. Now, considering he's in the early 1900s, he lived in the Jim Crow South. So he had plenty, plenty trials and tribulations. He even served a couple of prison sentences. So here's a good story. He'd gotten 30 years for killing a man in a fight. And he wrote a song while he was in prison asking the governor for a pardon. The governor broke his own rule and pardoned him. That's a pretty profound songwriting, I'd say. So Honey is what they called him. And he got into another fight some years later in 1925, and he was sentenced to a place called the Angola Farm Plantation. And it was infamous. However, this is where he met Alan Lomax, and Alan Lomax was a famous ethnographer. So Lomax was in the South recording work songs for the Library of Congress. When Lomax and his team discovered Huddy, they were so impressed with his talent that they brought him back to New York. Huddy got to perform at Harvard, Princeton, and New York University. He was even recorded and became known, that's where he got the name, Lead Belly, King of the 12-String Guitar. Now remember, this was a time when polyvinyl records were just beginning to go mainstream. So that's how we were able to get those recordings of Lead Belly singing this song. Lead Belly is a great influencer of our music today. So Lead Belly, king of the 12-string guitar, we honor you. course, I want to spend a few minutes talking about my story, Shapeshifter. Not too much, because I want you to get what you get, not what I tell you. I hope you found it entertaining, or at the very least, interesting. So I have a question for you to ponder. How many faces do you wear, and why? Survival? Exploration? Curiosity? Code switching, perhaps.
whatever the reason, you're not by yourself. You are not alone. All of us are doing it in some way, shape, or form at some point in our life. I want to contemplate on that. Now, I call contemplation me watching me watching me. In fact, I have a rap song called Me Watching Me, MWM. I'll share it with you sometime on another episode. But right now, just for one minute, I want us to explore. I want us to be curious, watching, being aware, me watching me. Not to judge, but just to catch it, to observe it. I want to ponder. How many times a day do I shapeshift? Where am I when I shapeshift? When am I? Why do I shapeshift? I'm going to play just a minute of a percussion improv while we ponder shapeshifting. Perhaps you would call it something else, maybe not shapeshifting. Mm, what would that be? So yeah, just for a moment, let's ponder. completes our storytelling interlude. Hope you enjoyed hanging out. I sure did. Please keep a lookout for future episodes. Original storytelling, conscious music, delightful quixotic conversation, and, of course, contemplation. Before I leave, I'd like to give thanks to those who helped me on this quirky story episode. Spencer and Charlene for their running feet, dance, drum, and meditation, DDM for their percussion improv, and Elizabeth Tallis for her business savvy. It's getting close to the end, and I wanted to make sure to extend an invitation. I would like to invite you to join me on my journey of discovery. What will it bring Let's see, together. So let me give you my vitals. My website is trueheart.co. Minerva Trueheart is my Instagram. And Sharice Minerva is my YouTube channel and Facebook. And each of them, just like me, is a work in progress. 
It's been so great hanging out. I look forward to our next episode of Spending Time Together. And while we're leaving, I'd like to leave you with this parting thought. We are the dreamers, the outliers, visionary outsiders, spiritual beings with human faces belonging to none yet all places. We are the quirky stories. Thanks for hanging out. Hear you later. Peace and blessing. Ashe.